Welcome to the VA Tourism Podcast and I'm Koju Benton Williams. The VA Tourism Podcast is dedicated to Africa's travel and tourism industry, where leaders from the private and public sectors get to talk to us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's episode, the outgoing CEO of the Namibia Tourism Board, Digunelbeb, reveals the reasons behind his resignation and gives an assessment of his 20-year leadership at NTB. So we are last day on uh, ITB uh, Berlin uh, in, uh, in Germany and I'm at the Namibian stand where I'm speaking to, should I say the outgoing CEO or yet to go CEO? <laughs> outgoing is Okay, he's, he's always known as Digo. Uh, Mr. Digo, good morning. Yes, good morning. How's it been for you? Let's start from there. How's it been the show? Coming back after three, four years, right? Uh, yeah, it has been very splinted. Okay. Uh, because three years without ITB. And obviously, being locked down during COVID and travel restrictions, it gives a new sense of hope for tourism industry. So definitely, one has a platform where you can showcase uh, new developments that Namibia is offering and of course, engaging new partners because some businesses went past during COVID. There are newcomers on board. So definitely, in tourism industry, as you are rightly aware, networking engagement is the thing for our, for you to be able to build relationships so definitely this was a worthwhile platform for us to be here this year now especially for namibia mm. germany is always a very strong market for you yeah. and uh, obviously we know what happened with, you know, with the pandemic are you seeing some uh, uh, business coming back in terms of confidence from the trade and what are the feedback from from yeah. the market, specifically. Basically, I must start from the feedback. The feedback is very resounding. Ah, great. In fact, we are more than surprised that there is a big interest still in Namibia for people to travel to Namibia. However, what we have seen uh, in terms of the airlift, we have daily flights from Eurowings Discover to okay. Namibia. And we are made to be aware that as of April, Eurowings will be adding additional four, three, three flights, three flights uh, out of Munich as well. No. So yes, so there will be sort no, of uh, ten flights, yeah, ten flights. So as you say rightly, German speaking Europe is the strongest market for us, and now we have more uh, airlift. Besides that, your Ethiopian Airlines also flies, yes, which is now flying even seven days a week again to Namibia. So definitely airlift into Namibia, which was a bottleneck post-COVID, is now in a way being re- um, eased because, I mean, we were worried if when Namibia got liquidated, how we were really going to be servicing tourists coming to Namibia. But I guess that gap is now being filled gradually. Is, is Qatar Airways still... Uh, yeah, Qatar does, but it does, right but it does only one flight a week. So one hopefully, week. maybe when Indeed. things develop... Especially their main broadcast was the Asian market. Okay. So now that our Asian market is open up, possibly they might increase their frequencies. And then with the regional market as well, we've seen South Africa was coming back, which was a good news. Exactly, because that is also another, well. another added advantage. Yes. Because most of your Scandinavian countries and Netherlands and Belgium travelers 
Oh, really? looks, they want to do like yeah. two, three countries. So like, yes, they do travel to Johannesburg. Yeah. But currently they have a problem because uh, KLM normally arrives around after midday. Last flight out of Johannesburg is four o'clock in the afternoon. So if you arrive like three o'clock in the afternoon or anything beyond that, you have to overnight in Johannesburg before connecting to Namibia. Because currently we are only serviced by uh, South African Airlink, which has only two or three flights a day. So now South African Airways coming on board, again increases um, capacity. And um, we have also noted, possibly by May, one of their local low-cost airlines, Fly South Air, yes. will also be flying to Namibia. So at least your route of Johannesburg Venture will be open up. Because previously, before COVID, we probably had about five airlines flying that route, which was South African Airways, South African Express, uh, British Com Air, Air Namibia, and then Air Link. So you had five airlines flying, between them each at least two flights. So daily you had two, ten, oh, ten yes, flights yes. in and out from Vintu. But yeah, so that, so that capacity was hamstring during COVID. But now you have almost South African Airways having two flights, Ailing having three flights, so it's five. So it's still, we are short with capacity. And especially now, like I said, um, Asian market being open, quite a number of airlines like um, like um, Qatar Pacific and them are trying to fly into Johannesburg. That will have a strain on the air capacity. So it will be good, more airlines flying that route. What's the update on it? Because the last time I, I spoke to BC from the airport company, mm -hmm. he was talking about uh, yet to be announce deal with like Emirates or something like that. Well, how the conversation going? Namibia Airport's company yeah. really is pushing. That's why they had a aviation forum last year, yeah, and then they've been traveling to most of the air shows, air shows to yeah. try and find yeah. airlines to fly to Namibia. So. What I know is that Emirates, yes, uh, but the more business model of Emirates is that they will not fly to a destination if they cannot have a one daily flight seven days a week. That's Emirates model. So unfortunately, being a destination that is very small, Emirates is probably not appeal to our market. But what good is, is that Qatar will be able to fulfill that gap. Because in the past, if you can recall, due to political issues, Qatar was not allowed to fly to Dubai. Yes. So we had issues with our travelers out of um, United Emirates, like Abu Dhabi, Dubai, traveling to Namibia, because they have to go to Johannesburg, and Johannesburg to Namibia. Sometimes people were losing their luggage and baggage in Johannesburg. So now with Qatar, Flying then Ethiopian Airlines has opened up also that route for um, uh, 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 tourists traveling from Dubai, Abu Dhabi, either connecting by Addis or by Qatar to fly to Namibia. So then the route is the timing is shorter. Okay. So uh, that is also another thing. But I know airports company has been in talks with the Brussels, Brussels Air. Okay. Uh, those were in advanced stages, so I'm not sure when exactly. All logistical arrangements will be finalized. I know there is a um, low-cost airline out of Switzerland who has had uh, these de dealings with me yesterday okay. that they have an intention flying in 2024. Okay. Unfortunately, they are in the same family as Lufthansa. Okay. 
<laughs> that they intend to fly to Namibia. So, which we will have some discussions with. So, there are big of interest. That, that the only, only, the only dilemma is the North American market that we cannot have a direct airline flying to Namibia. I hope that that will, that will, that will come to pass. Mm. Now, uh, is it a month ago or two months ago, you 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 granted an interview uh, with uh, your, your, your local newspaper, I think the Herald or something, mm. announcing your, if you like, your famous resignation or stepping down, mm. if I want to use the word. Mm. Uh, how has it been the journey for you with, with nearly two decades of No, it has been a very exciting journey, I must say, with Namibia Tourism Board, when we started this organization around about 2001, uh, barely we had almost about 500 businesses that were operating at that time in Namibia, in the tourism space, be it in accommodation sector, tour operating sector, or air charter or trophy hunting. But today we are sitting in our database with almost about 6,000 businesses being licensed and operating in Namibia in the tourism atmosphere. So basically, in terms of business, there has been a phenomenal growth over the last 20 years um, in the tourism sector. The other dilemma we had at the beginning was also tourism was never a thing to be had in a local, previously disadvantaged suburbs. So people will always go to town or urban city centers for a hotel accommodation, bed and breakfast and a guest house. Now quite a number of bed and breakfast and guest houses are operating and flourishing in uh, suburban areas, which are uh, residential areas or previously disadvantaged Namibians, if you could take it from the political regime that we are coming, um, coming from. And now that we are probably independent more than 30 years ago anyway. So that, again, is another aspect that we would really be commenting ourselves as an achievement. Infusion. Yeah, to, to, to an infusion as a tourism board. Secondly, no, thirdly also, it was difficult for emerging businesses to be mainstreaming tourism industry. So us as Namibia Tourism Board saw it fit to develop a program whereby Namibians who are previously disadvantaged would be trained. And that we did with the Vets University Business School through their Center of Entrepreneurship Development. We trained to date about 250 SMEs, as it were, of which some of them are currently very successful and are still within the tourism industry space. But that alone was not enough because as much as they were trained and they had a business argument to be able to run and set up and operate businesses, they had the market access limitations. So we then came up with a program of market access for emerging business entrepreneurs, which we had a dedicated program, bringing them here in Europe on a roadshow, of course, offering them um, opportunity to participate at ITB or at Indaba of those um, trade fairs for them to really develop uh, networks because industry is about networks and relationships. So if you don't have that, you cannot flourish. So at least that way we are now having people who are owning lodges, people who are in the car rental space, some are in the tour operating space. So at least 
even though it's not 100% balanced, there has been a headway, headway in transforming the industry. But again, whoever is going to be my successor, not lots needs to be done to consolidate. But unfortunately, the challenge of us not consolidating is that government does not have an official policy stance as to the privileges and benefits that must be assigned to previous citizens, unlike South Africa, where it is clearly stated, articulated in BE policy. But we do not have that. And that makes it a challenge to try and, from a policy perspective, uh, articulate whatever programs that you are putting in place. Because you get to be seen with others that you are trying to um, speed up competition by assisting others. And they are calling us, we were introducing regressive or uh, racism or kind of thing, which I believe that was not our goal. We were trying to balance the playing field and, and, and level it. So these are the things that we have had. The other achievement in during my leadership was also in the tourism industry, people were never trained. So we had to come up with tourism training programs and qualifications, which we have handed over to Namibia Training Authority. And now there are quite a number of training institutions which have now adopted training in tourism space, such as waiters, chefs, cooks, and tour guides. So at least quite a number of um, people are now professionally trained, uh, which is again linked to the service element. Because if you do not have properly trained a professional people within the industry, your service levels are being impacted. And that is currently what we are witnessing in Namibia. So quite a lot of investment needs to be done. Now that the qualifications are in place, the training programs are in place, training institutions are in place in investing into developing human capital in the tourism industry for us to really provide excellent service. Because as much as we have quite boutique lodges and luxury lodges when it comes to human interaction in terms of experiencing the service that is a limiting limiting factor which we always get a criticism about as a country okay. so that needs to also have a focus and some persons to harness on it to really embed that kind of a culture if i will ask you that specific one around training mm -hmm. and in the quality assurance mm -hmm. you take the position of uh, where you have destination having mm -hmm. a, a separate unit entity mm -hmm. that is doing the thing around uh, you know quality assurance mm -hmm. whilst the uh, ntb mm -hmm. really focus on its marketing mandates mm -hmm. do you uh, have you thought about that no in fact we do have a unit that is responsible for quality assurance okay. yeah so basically Currently, because we probably one of the few countries in Africa who are registering and licensing tourism businesses. And in order for you to be licensed, you need to meet certain minimum standards. Yes. And that is happening in Namibia. So that is how all these businesses who are registered and operating in Namibia are registered with us, meeting those minimum requirements. And yearly, tourism inspectors, as they are called, are going out and checking upon these properties and businesses, whether they are still maintaining standards. If not, then of course, obviously, we sort of allow you time to improve. What we are now busy with is developing star grading scheme, 
we had one in place, but it's sort of outdated, but we are cooperating with Scottish Tourism Board. The reason being that the Scottish Tourism Board uh, star grading system is more based on quality versus quantity. Because most of the time you get a star grading schemes that are saying, okay, if you are a four-star hotel or a five-star hotel, you need to have a TV in room. It must have how many channels. You need to have two types of restaurants. One mm. must be a Chinese and one must be an African cuisine. We are not focusing on that. Exactly. Why? Because we want to still keep our experience as natural as possible. Mm. So, for example, if you are a lodge and to be a five-star, we do not demand that you have to have a lodge because we say you are going to a remote area for solitude. If you have a TV, you will make noise. So, you, so, however, we do not, even, in fact, expect you to have a bathtub in a lodge because we have to save water. So we are looking at the quality of the material of the items that you are fitting your rooms. Is the bath, if the shower cap, water saving, you will get to score more. The linen, is it luxury linen? That is the kind of thing that we are looking at. So, and that is why we have collaborated with Scottish Tourism Board and we would hopefully be rolling that out uh, even this year. Although we do some star grading, but we are not aggressively promoting it because that is part and parcel of the marketing drive of any business. Because for you to set yourself as a luxury product, you need to be graded as four or five star. And that is what we need to align because currently people are using their own perspectives as it were, whether they are luxury and five-star or four-star, but independent body needs to accredit that. Very fair. But again, look, mm. the, 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 you know, the needs of travelers have changed mm. and, you know, and, and the market keeps evolving. Mm. So how do you then integrate feedback? Mm. Because you have inspectors going around, which is mm. good, but we've seen many countries. Mm. Inspectors go sometimes, mm. uh, the families are aware they're coming for inspection. Mm. How do you integrate uh, complaints? Because mm. ultimately, the facility is used by the guests mm. or by the you know, patrons. How do you integrate feedback that is coming from uh, 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 guests mm. into? Yeah, basically what we do. Yeah, what, what we are doing or with the new star grading scheme yeah. for because it is going to be renewable every second year, so it is going to be indefinite. So we are looking at aspects of um, your feedback mechanisms that you do in Booking.com or. TripAdvisor and all those type of things. So those are issues that we also consider in grading the property. So we will not just look at the quality that we are seeing at that point in time, but there are all other elements that we need to also depend on okay. in terms of um, feedback mechanism schemes that they have. But we will also have our own feedback mechanism scheme so we could then merge all these outcomes. And you did see because the customer service will be center of this grading system. Absolutely. So as, as much as you may have a quite a luxurious bed linen and things like that, that will ultimately also play a role whether we will grant you really a four or a five star. Okay. Mm. Now you've, you've outlined mm. the successes that mm. you know, you've led the organization mm -hmm. in, in achieving. Mm. If you have to look at some of the challenges mm. that you know, confronted you in mm. this uh, mm. nearly 20 year uh, mm. Jenny, mm. what would that be? And again, how do you expect that to be resolved from 
who would succeed you and what kind of cues are you looking yeah. to be able to make giving Namibia a better place and destination, yeah. etc. The base, most and the primary challenge always has been funding. Because as an organization, we are very heavily underfunded. But of course, the expectations are very high. So if you look at our strategic plan, we have wish list of source markets that we need to enter, for example, Ghana, Nigeria. Unfortunately, I must regrettably say, as I step out or step down, we have not done sufficient work in these markets. We've just lightly did one program with Nigeria, of course, when they came back, they said, no, Namibia is too expensive. We had a sort of a short stint in Ghana. So these are the things. Because so one of it is we are not appropriately funded. But the expectation is that we have to go to wide variety of market source markets to appease, be it politicians or be it upcoming SMEs, because they feel if they are going into an African market and they are black entrepreneurs, maybe it will be worth their while in terms of developing connections because um, in Europe the connections are more white and then we try to go into Asia Asia now currently Namibians that were born in Asia now started businesses whilst we were trying to get black people on board to go in there but again language barrier was an issue so as much as we want to venture into new markets we must be appropriately funded otherwise it will not help the great plans and expectations that the government is having that we must diversify our source markets. Secondly, the language issues are remains to be a barrier, especially emerging black entrepreneurs venturing into international markets without sufficient language knowledge and culture of these markets. They will not be able to be successful. Secondly, even though as much as we want to go into an African market, the engagements and information that we are getting from these markets is that they seem to see Namibia as a very expensive tourism destination, unlike when they are traveling to Kenya or when they are traveling to Dubai, which you have wide variety of accommodation that can also accommodate a budget travelers as it were. So again, that is also a stumbling block for us. Okay. Okay. I'll come back to the pig farming. <laughs> yeah. So so now even as much as we want an Africans to travel to Namibia, they them they also see it as very expensive, especially your accommodation. So and unfortunately it is so that a majority of accommodation in Namibia are owned by those who have have it, who are servicing those markets where you are paying dollars and euros and so forth. So again, as government, since we don't have a policy that addresses pricing, you are still challenged to try and yeah, to, to, to balance the distribution of tourism benefits within your citizenry no matter whether you are a white or a black. So that is, remains a, quite a challenge. Uh, fourthly, the other challenge is, like I said, we have done training programs. There are people, previously designed black people, who are trained, but getting senior management jobs within the industry remains still a stumbling block. Because the reason being, most of an almost close to 80% businesses in Namibia are owner 
manage businesses. So in an owner management businesses, it is hard and difficult to employ a graduate who is qualified as a manager, let alone him or she coming from a previously disadvantaged background. Unless if we had an international chains like Hilton and things like that, maybe things would have been... Don't you think maybe mm. a new tourism art or something mm. promulgated can, mm. can address some of these uh, concerns? The unfortunate part of it is that Namibian constitution is based on free economy. Yes. So government cannot subscribe or prescribe how people must run their businesses. That's the unfortunate part of it. That is why even government finds it difficult to pass currently a law that is similar to previously disadvantaged Namibians who that would allow certain shareholding percentage in new investments in Namibia to be owned by Namibians but with an eye on previously disadvantaged Namibians. So that is the bottleneck. Maybe that is the challenge we had made when we got independence that we opened up everything freely and now that we are trying to address there is constant pushback and resistance so and tourism industry in that suffers it as well because remember government owns parks national parks they offer concessions for people to build lodges in conservancies or concession areas however government cannot say with this concession that i'm giving you certain percent must be owned by blacks. So if, so the government can't do that. So the people who have the money are unfortunately people who are wealthy in the country and they come and get those concessions and build lodges and makes money. But government cannot prescribe certain percentage, shareholding percentage must belong to certain groupings because we want to distribute the benefits. So this is also a challenge. So it is not only from the somehow if even though the tourism board tries and strives to do that, at policy level, we are being challenged. And therefore, we cannot successfully implement. And it will also be a challenge for whoever is going to be an incoming CEO if he wants to drive total transformation in the tourism industry, be it at employment level, be it at ownership level. It will still be a challenge unless the government has a political policy decision under which all these things would be resolved. But you don't think uh, mm. you know, government uh, has the political will to address this? Well, the the NEF, they call it the NEF, yeah. N-E-E-F, has been in the making for our last 10 years. Every time it goes to parliament, it has an issue. People want, the people are going to court and it is and currently now it's sitting idling because it's, there is no aggressive pull to get it through the uh, line and make it the law. Mm. Now, uh, obviously, now it's mm. your, they say, uh, uh, we probably want to say your last dance. Are you still <laughs> going to be in the tourism sector? Huh? Are you still going to be in the tourism This is your last ITB yeah. as, a, as, a, as a head of uh, NTB. Mm. Maybe you're going, what's, what's your next life? The next life is, do? in fact, I'm uh, looking at finalizing my PhD degree okay. uh, and my intention is surely to remain in tourism Great. Uh, possibly in the space of training and human capacity development which I'm very passionate about yes. or a consulting 
uh, in this industry. Uh, and nevertheless, also doing farming, but I don't think farming is far more remote from tourism because there's a new wave of tourism, what we call agri-tourism. Yes. So definitely there would probably be some fit within the tourism environment, whatever I will be doing. So, yeah. And what will be your last words for the industry? Well, I... Africa and the world, it's yeah, always the, been big. When yeah. you talk about Namibia, yeah, it's been No, the world and the Namibia at large, my message would be tourism is at the valley, very, has a very solid foundation where we started 20 years ago and going forward. So it is well grounded and I am proud also equally to leave an institution that has developed as well and is also sound that can be able to, together with the stakeholders, move the tourism to another heights. So I do not have any regrets. All I see is I am leaving a good and excellent legacy behind and those who are coming should not <coughs> falter but make it much more better than where I have left and maybe even excel. That will be my wish for them. Thank you.